Now, on to some of those clips from the football radio show. And, of course, one key point of this game was the Bulls without their starting quarterback. Can you take us through the decision to play Catravis at quarterback? Was that truly a last-minute thing? Was it something that kind of sorted itself out before the game? Uh, what led to that decision? Well, I think the biggest thing that led to it is that, um, you know, Timmy McLean is, is – um, you know, he's been playing banged up uh, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's taken some shots, and, you know, he's had a hamstring issue that he's been getting a, a lot of uh, treatment on and, and also a uh, bruised hip. And then in the, the last game there uh, against Temple, uh, you know, he sprained his ankle. And so we had to make a decision really quickly on Sunday because it was a short week, and you only really got two practices. Monday and Tuesday is all you got. So uh, we decided the cumulative effect of him – uh, trying to play through a bunch of those injuries. Uh, we knew it was going to be a very, against a very aggressive defense that was going to be bringing a lot of blitzing. And, um, and really, uh, also, we've been really pleased with how Trey Marsh has, has practiced. He's throwing the ball extremely well in practice. And uh, so I think the combination of that, um, I really felt like it would be the better um, choice for us for that game. Uh, for Trey to, to have the opportunity being healthy to go out and play and lead us. And then also I thought it would be the best thing for Timmy and for our offense moving forward in the last four games to have a chance for him to get, get healthy. And uh, hopefully he's able to do that and, and be able to be back out there uh, this Saturday versus Houston. He also got into the interceptions that Marsh threw. If you want to listen to the full replay of the show, that portion of it is right near the beginning. And you can follow us on Twitter at Bulls Unlimited for all the replay times. Then the two other key topics of what hurt the Bulls in that loss to East Carolina were addressed here back-to-back with Jim and Sam. Several times where um, we were in open field and the quarterback made our guy miss. I mean, ultimately, third and fourth down, uh, if the other team has a good quarterback, it's really difficult, right, whether it's NFL level, college, or high school. And and their guy, he was a a very talented guy. He knew where to go with the ball. And uh, where we are defensively, you know, we're not in a position we can just get up in somebody's face and, and bring the house, you know. So you got to kind of pick your poison. Sometimes you're going to play man. Sometimes you're going to play zone. you got to try to mix it up and give them different looks. And this quarterback, he knew what look we were in. He knew where to go with the ball. And um, so there was some of that situation. But then we also had some situations where we had them in front of us. We have a chance to make the play to make the tackle, and that's when we got to be able to get them down, and those are the ones that were uh, most frustrating. Coach, when you take a look back at the the play where the defense stopped them very close, officially very close to the goal line as they were coming out, but when you look at the TV copy, it looks like a safety. Have you all had the opportunity to kind of revisit that, and what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, my, my personal thought is uh, I thought it was a safety. Uh, the guys in the box uh, upstairs, I mean, they were jumping up and down, going crazy, saying I mean, 1,000% it's a safety. And, uh, you know, I, the conversation I had while the uh, head referee was reviewing it, uh, he was even telling me he thought it was going to be overturned to be a safety. And then uh, they came out and said that it was not a safety. And so I almost called a timeout after that to see if we could review it again. <laughs> but but I, I felt like we probably should should move on. But, yeah, I mean, that, that was unfortunate. Um, you know, the the uh, copy that we have, the, the football copy, is, is not as clear as the TV copy because of the angles. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately, um, you know, if they would have called it a safety on the field and they reviewed it, then it probably would have stayed a safety. I think um, – uh, they could not see the ball from maybe from the angle of where they are. They just had to kind of assume where the ball is. And so uh, I think their reasoning was 
they did not uh, have overwhelming evidence to overturn the call. Um, but yeah, there's no doubt. You know that 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 could have been a, a big play for us. I mean, I, I was fired up about it because our guys, you know, did a great job uh, executing the pin punt, playing complimentary football, turn around defense, being able to knock them and stop them, and to have a chance to go up three and get the ball there in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, we would have loved that. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, football is a game where where you have some of those calls, some that go for you, some that go against you. And so now my my next conversation with our guys is okay. That's happened. There's nothing we can do about it. You know, now what? What's our response? You know, and then we give up a, a big pass. You know, and, and let them let them escape off the, the goal line there. Um, so that's something we got got to learn from. Uh, but yeah, me personally, I thought it was a safety. But you know, th- those guys uh, made the call from from what they could see. It was something we even talked more about off air. Can you actually have two video requests? I would guess no, but. Are you sure? I guess was the point. He does make a good point, though, there, that you can't actually see the ball not cross the goal line, if you get my wording there. Unfortunately, it was just a bad call on the field, I think, like the coach said. If it had been called a safety on the field, same thing. You would not have been able to overturn it. And who knows? The Bulls might get a road win. They'll be playing Houston at home on Saturday night. We'll be on the air at 530 with more coverage, of course, for you this week of the football team, as I mentioned. Oh, and by the way, the guest this week, Xavier Dye, of course, now the tight ends coach, along with being recruiting coordinator. He talks a lot about that side of things. And, of course, we get into Chris Carter and the play. But in addition, I like what Chris Carter, you know, a lot of players are like this. They, When you ask them to talk about themselves, it's kind of tough. But you ask them to talk about their teammates, and the words start flowing. And he loves going up against his linebackers. I like this segment with Chris and Sam. As far as your teammates, you know, you got some linebackers that you're playing against, and I remember my time here at USF. Yes, sir. And linebackers and tight ends, we're best friends, but we hate each other. Yes, sir. We're the same body uh, same body types, but with yeah. different skill sets. Yes, sir. Talk about that group of guys and what it's like to practice against them on Man, a, week, that's a weekly that's basis. A, that's an interesting group. I mean, yo, uh, Antonio Gray, he kind of has it all. Wayne is – Wayne is the aggressive one. You know, you, you got to be on your P's and Q's with Wayne. But talk about, like, someone that's just smart, like know what's going on. It's probably Antonio Gurr. So awesome. he, he's somebody he's somebody that knows what he's doing. Uh, Mims is also a great guy. I mean, he kind of a stuff guy. Him, he, he like to stop the run. So he's going to hit you. But So we compete every every day. They get me better. I get them better. And even if I'm, I, I'm – we always communicating with each other, trying to see what can we do to get each other better. So everything just kind of molds together. But them, them some great guys. That's good. So, again, the full show replays. Coach Scott, the first half hour, essentially, with this week, Xavier Dye and Chris Carter taking up the last half hour. Go to our Twitter page, at Bulls Unlimited, for replay times. Men's soccer had two members of the American Athletic Conference weekly honor roll. Brian Schaefer, who, if you didn't hear my interview with Bob Butehorn after that game last Wednesday, got uh, the nice compliment from his head coach. Schaefer was... He was a rock star back there, and, and and he's only played that twice for us. So from him to kind of have the game against that attacking group, I mean that's that's pretty impressive. And Kazuna Takase, I figured he would be on the honor roll, even though he gave up three goals in a game. He had a shutout against Memphis, including a very important save in overtime. Let, let me say how important it was. It was a season saver. <laughs> Dos Santos, Emmanuel Santos will turn and fire. And the strike saved by Takase. Achingly close for Emmanuel Santos. Firing at close range. Pure velo. And Takase had to track back to make sure it did not threaten 
on the rebound. He was leaning to his right, got it with his body. If he does not get it with his body, then the Tigers win in overtime and the Bulls are eliminated as far as contention from the American Athletic Conference tournament. Instead, if they win on Friday against last place Temple and Memphis loses at Red Hot SMU, the Bulls will make the conference tournament. Oh, by the way, he had a pretty good save in overtime as well against UCF. Right side, that's a good delivery, and into the box, and what a diving save by Kazuna Takase. Was that video Yobos with the nifty work on the right side? I believe it was, and just to get into the box, and he made Takase go low and to his right. So basically those back-to-back overtime results, it's ironic, at the beginning of the season, the Bulls had overtimes, a one nothing loss to NC Wilmington, which incidentally has gone on to have a good year, and then that 0-0 game at FGCU. And basically that put them on a path of not realistically having a chance at an at-large. And this whole thing of getting that fourth spot in the conference tournament began with those failures to get wins in overtime. And now with that win in overtime against UCF and really what was partially a success, the tie at Memphis, the Bulls are in a position to get into the postseason, namely the conference tournament, which we know, if you missed it, will be in Tulsa, which is already, with one match left, wrapped up the number one spot. The women are the number one team, reminding you we'll be at home Thursday at 7. Of course, we'll have that action for you on USF Bulls Unlimited against SMU. The first game is going to be a doozy as well, Memphis against Houston. you got four teams all feeling pretty good about their NCAA tournament chances, but they'll feel a lot better if they win on Thursday night, so that is going to make for a eventful evening and one that of course we won't cover the first match live for you here but we'll have the Bulls action as well and one thing we did not mention on yesterday's show and always with the weekend there's a lot of things to recap and so it wasn't intentionally left out but I did definitely want to acknowledge and this is something that I know the university takes seriously and if you want to read all the details on it you can go to gousfbulls.com and that is the NCAA on Friday announced its approval of a negotiated resolution after an 18-month inquiry into the athletics department namely level two violations within the football program under Charlie Strong and women's basketball under Jose Fernandez. Self-reported violations and the NCAA essentially applauded USF's pro-action in this. But in essence, you had non-permissible staff members participating in practice in both cases. And believe me, as somebody that works for the school, I know that this is something that they're not just sloughing off. It's very serious. The school is basically on probation. So the good news is the actual penalties are nothing major, but violations nonetheless, also very minor violations in some other sports. If you want to read all the details, including the entire resolution, a document, it is available in the story on GoUSFBulls.com. That's going to do it for us here on the Tuesday show. Tomorrow, plenty of Jeff Scott and Jose Fernandez, and of course, whatever else is going on in USF Athletics. We cover it for you here on Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.